Hello and welcome to Drafting the Dregs. This is your podcast for all things Draft FPL. Uh, we have one away today, and that's okay. So we've tried to get a hold of Gilby. He's not with us, but we do have Dave and we do have Mick. Boys, how are we doing? It is after Christmas, after New Year's. Uh, how did we? How do we go during the Christmas New Year period, boys? Are we we happy with our returns from presents, and uh, do we eat enough food? Yep. I'm fat. Fat. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, wasn't that the case beforehand? I, I just, I wasn't sure. I've it's, only seen um, you through a screen. No, it was, it was good. Kids got spoiled. It's been bloody humid here in Brisbane since well before Christmas, but the pool, pool's been getting a bit of a workout, but yeah, been good. Very nice. How about you, Mick? Yeah, it's been good. I just wish the uh, fantasy points had been as plentiful as the Christmas hams. Um, but I can't complain too much. Nice to get away. And to be honest, I haven't even done that much fantasy-related stuff recently. We, I think we've missed an episode here and there, so a lot to cover today, um, but I'm sure we'll do our best to get through it all. I wouldn't say we've missed an episode. We've definitely had a well-earned break. Uh, we've, we've done pretty well thus far. So you I know. just thought it was uh, Isaac not wanting to face the music of having to tell the world what the uh, table currently looks like. Well, look, we'll get on to that. I'll, I'll face the music quite quickly, and you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with it overall. Um, but you know, we'll 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 have a look now. Um, Mick, do you have a moment of the week for us? I do indeed, and it's just it's almost uh, fate that Gilby's not here to rub it in, so to speak. But the uh, prodigal son returns, uh, Calvert Lewin, Dominic Calvert Lewin who has scored in every game that he's played so far this year, uh, finally makes his return. Gilby's must be very, very happy. Steps up, misses a penalty, gets a zero. Fantastic return for Gilby. And I'm, I'm sure he is just so pleased he held on to him for, uh, what's that, would have been game week 20, I think, or 21 that that happened. No, 20. It was 20. 20, and I think he had him for somewhere in the vicinity of 16 scoreless, minuteless weeks leading up to it where he refused to drop him. In a a game where you only get three subs, uh, holding one of those subs to a player who isn't playing. Now, we've mentioned it a few times before, um, but he got a little bit unlucky. We'll admit that. It wasn't just the original injury. There was another one follow-up. You can't know anything about that. But, oh man, if I'm guilty, I'd be really hoping there's more of a return than that. Yeah, that, I that, mean, he is quality and he did start the season on fire and I'm sure he'll come good. But, yeah, I think we're all just enjoying uh, this little period where he's just sitting there for Gilby doing nothing. But yeah, that, that one's my moment of the week. Dave, what was yours? Uh, I'm going to go for the uh, chaos at Chelsea where the, uh, I guess their, their hopes and dreams up front, the, the Drogba replacement, uh, as they saw him, came out and was basically blasting Tuchel's uh, change of formation and how he didn't think it was going to work for him and it was unfair. And then he basically got uh, a bit of a return serve from Tuchel. But then during the week, he 
faced the cameras and apologized for what he said. And it was very much the, uh, like the meme where there's someone standing, the Simpsons meme standing, smile and wave with a gun in his back. Um, but he did play in the league cup, uh, during the week. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many minutes he gets coming up, whether or not he's, uh, back in the fold or not. Do, do you find it interesting that in that comment, he basically said what I think it might've been Gilby said way back when that the way Tuchel's style is the center forward just isn't a focal point in the attack that we must do it. Cause that's effectively what Lukaku said, right? The way that this yep. game is, or this team plays, I'm not as important as I want to be. Yes. And then now, I think he basically followed that up with making a statement that he wanted to go back to Italy. <laughs> so, Inter yeah. is my home. Mm. You know, that's always going to endear yourself to the uh, the crowds at Stamford Bridge. Oh, always, always. I mean, they can always just buy another striker, right? Maybe my uh, my amazing first-round draft pick is just going to come through for the goods and get some more starts for us. But Have, have they still got, like, 75% of England's schoolboys out on loan? I would assume so. That's Chelsea's model, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean... There's probably 800,000 million of them that they could recall. And, you know, I mean, they're probably in the fortunate position where if they were to do that, they've got quite a few weeks where they're going to play against bit part teams due to COVID anyway. So yep, maybe a good um, chance to blood new players. I did see Timo Werner's missed quite a lot of that time as well while Lukaku was also out. Um with an injury, I think it might have been a hamstring, and then had COVID and was apparently really struggling with COVID symptoms. But I've seen that he's uh, returned back. I have it, is back as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe he's about to get there. Now, I did remember as well. Now, w- I'm sure we'll get to that later in this, this season, but Jeff made a comment early in the season that, mark my words, Timo Werner will outscore Harry Kane. Now, I mean, it's still a chance because Harry Kane's not exactly setting the world alight. He is but doing a lot better of recent weeks, though. He, he is, but I still don't think he's anywhere near what Harry Kane needs to be at. No. So I, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see where that one goes, but we'll, we'll, we'll move there on to my uh, my multi, because Isaac's not well, here I'll, to I mean, segue in. I might just take up some more time by having a little secondary part B moment of the week. Go for uh, it. The secondary moment of the week. Not so much fantasy related, but there was an announcement that, I don't know, I saw on Facebook. You might have something to share, Mick. Myself? Yeah. Or at least, I don't know, your wife made an announcement. Oh, what, that I may not be the worst fantasy player in my family soon? That is correct, yes. There'll be more of us that won't hit save on our teams. Yeah, there will be. That's right. And that's how uh, that's how rumour as to where Gilby is tonight as well, right? Yeah, he's I out there making more um, managers that make poor decisions. Yeah, that's it. So, um, Larissa put up on Facebook that you guys are expecting. So, congratulations! Thank but, you. Uh, the moment of the week. I mean, you know, I do like to big myself up a bit. Uh, Jeff commented something to the effect of, um, "Well, in lad." And I followed it up with shoots, scores, one nothing Shram. So well done, Mick. <laughs> I was quite pleased right, with myself. Right into the back of the net, right? Yeah, that's it. 
Uh, well, we'll move on to the multi because maybe, well, we know I don't score here. So let's go into it last <laughs> times. And I did take a screenshot of it because I always seem to lose it. Uh, but I, I believe I went for the Watford Wolves game. Um, I had quite an elaborate multi because Isaac tells me there's not enough legs for me to get wrong. And the more I have, the more I can get right. So what did I get right? The game was a 2-0 win to Wolves. I had both teams to score. No, I had Wolves to win. So there you go. I had two of them, right? I had over two and a half goals. That did not happen. I had Adamo Traore and Jimenez to be the two goal scorers. They did not happen. And I had a goal to be scored in both halves. That also did not happen. So two from six, um, not not ideal with that. But, I mean, there's two more than I've got right other weeks. So is it a win? No. But what I was going to say is we are an extra dollar up because I didn't get to put one on for the second round. So that means my odds I need every week now are down to 36. So it's going better and better and I'm getting closer. Yep. It only takes one. I've got another, what's this, 16, 16 rounds to go, I think it is. Um, and I'm sure I can come up with something for this round. So we'll yeah, see I mean, how you, we go. You did always make mention that you only needed one of these to come off for us to break even yep. for the season. So that, That's all I'm that's, playing off. That's still in play. It definitely is. So we'll move on. We'll get Isaac's uh, moment of the week when he's back in the picture. But we'll go on to our, our waiver wire now. Gilby's not here, so I'm going to do my best to try and do a, a summary, and Dave and I will uh, discuss the movements here. But the game week 20 waiver while started with Ben uh, dropping Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Now, that was one he picked up. I assume it was one of those, saw the name. Um, he'd just been dropped from captaincy, and then Arteta said he's still out, so he hasn't actually played since. So he did pick up Jordan A.U., um, Short-term, I guess, gain is what that one was for. Unfortunately, what he didn't realize is he's away for AFCON. So Ben's in the unfortunate position where he's actually got three all-Crystal Palace players away on African Cup of Nations duty. Good man. um, In game week 21, he did get an assist, though. So you know what? That's better than – that's some level of attacking returns, so that's a win. Um, Dan Muller picked up a Dennis from Watford. So another African player. So there was a bit of rumour, though, about Watford. Um, you might be able to explain this. Was he not released originally for Nigeria, but then he is released? Was there some kerfuffle, or am I mixing this up with a different player? No, that's correct. Um, there was a bit of back and forth between Watford uh, and the AFCON nations, um, both around Dennis and Saar. So, um, yeah. There was basically Watford not wanting to release the players, the countries asking for them. Um, in the end, they've both been released, although at least Saar is injured and he's likely to be assessed by the Niger- by the doctors and not play. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, Wait fair enough. See. But he dropped, he dropped Broha to pick up Dennis. Uh, Dennis did score a goal against West Ham that week, so... Got him seven points, so I'd say that's a win short term. Um, I was next. I picked up Dawson for cash. Villa didn't actually have a game that round. Um, I already had a West Ham defender, but they were playing Watford. So I went, well, better to have a defender that's playing than a zero, guaranteed zero. Um, unfortunately, Watford did score a goal, so I only got one point from that. Jeff picked up Jorginho and dropped Pulisic. Jorginho's been on a magical run of penalties. Now, I know that was one of Isaac's moments of the week a couple of times. 
Um, it seems he gets penalties in doubles from what I can look through his last few game weeks. He's gone 15-1-0, 15-2-1, Jorginho. So I reckon someone needs to get him this week because he's due another 15. Um, he dropped Pulisic for Jorginho. I mean, guaranteed playing Pulisic has been up and down. Gilby was next, picked up uh, Mitchell for Consa. I assume same thing. Villa not having a game week, wanted uh, a, I guess, an extra player playing there. Um, Nathan then picked up Edward for Richarlison. So that's an interesting one, dropping Richarlison. Um, he's has been, he been injured. injured? Yep. He has, yeah. Okay. Picking up um, Edward. Now, probably without even having really looked into it, that has to be the pickup of the round because he did get 14 points that week with one goal, two assists. Then he followed it up with another goal the week after. So I'd yeah. we'll get to that whether Nathan still has him. I assume you wouldn't drop him after 14 points. Um, but 20 points in two game weeks. Now, that may or may not be why we have a new leader in our comp. Uh, Isaac, you were next. You tried to pick up both Dennis and Jorginho, but you had to, had to settle for King there. Um, yeah. Going for any reason you wanted Dennis over King with AFCON coming up? Um, I was just looking for short-term points. And Dennis has been the, the go-to man. So he was really the, the the one I wanted. But hey, King, I think he still got an assist that particular game week. So it wasn't all lost. and uh, it was, He did indeed. Yeah. yeah. I, I've seen a couple of interesting, interesting things about Watford. Again, now, Dave, you'll be able to tell me. But when they first started playing with King, King was playing as the uh, left winger, I believe, and Dennis was playing through the middle. But more mm-hmm. recently, I think they've swapped sides. So King might have started as the better attacking threat. Um, Dennis was more so feeding them, but I think they've now swapped that. So statistics may say that King's better, but I think Dennis, obviously without AFCON, might have been the guy to go for there. But short term, it's worth it. Um, now, the next one, that's that's our first rotation through. Now, it goes back to Ben here. Now, Ben picked up Crystal Palace's keeper, is it Vincent Guaita? Um, and dropped yes. Dubravka. Now, I believe Dubravka had Liverpool, so, you know, I cannot blame him. No, he had... Uh, who did he actually have that week? It doesn't even say because he didn't play. But had a horrible matchup. Um, picked up Gaeta. Now, in a future pick, I pick up uh, Jack Butland, who's Palace's reserve goalkeeper, because he'd played the two weeks before that. Gaeta hadn't played. Um, and the second of those two game weeks, uh, Gaeta was on the bench. So I actually sent Ben a message and said, hey, mate, just so you know, Butland's been playing. I think Gaeta might have been dropped. Um, I looked at the, the fixtures and... Didn't look like there was a massively poor run of form, so I was a bit surprised that he'd been dropped. There may have been an injury there, but when Butland continued and Gaeta didn't play, I said, mate, I'm just so you know, this might be happening. So we'll get into it later, but he actually then dropped Gaeta. Palace unfortunately returned to clean sheet, and the uh, player Ben picked up may or may not have played due to COVID-related symptoms. So I may have cost the guy in last place six points there. Um, uh, Mick, wouldn't, wouldn't it be better if you were to sabotage people in front of you? Yeah. Instead of behind yeah. you? I, I hey, don't know. Uh, it's a strategy, myself, but... I'm putting myself further from the wooden spoon. That's all that matters to me right <laughs> now. Um, but I did do remember making a bold claim a couple of weeks ago that Ben will not come last. I'm not helping that claim when I give advice like that. So uh, then we go to like Dan. Like your multis, really? Then we go to Dan, and then he... Can, we've already been through the multi, don't worry, Isaac. And <laughs> no, it was not successful. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan was next, tried to get Jorginho as well, couldn't. So he went back to old favourite Chalabar. So oh. another another addition to the Chalabar count. Um, what are we at now? Oh, I can't even remember what we said. It, it's double <laughs> digits, surely. I, I don't have that many fingers. 
Um, but Chalaba, you may as well nickname him Binary because his last scores have been one zero zero one zero one one one. So I don't exactly know why we've picked up that guy so many times. Um, he hasn't returned more than two since game week twelve. Um, so not exactly a massive score. So I reckon we might see him drop yet uh, in this same waiver wire. So. Then I picked up Decore, dropped Buendia, same thing. No Villa players. Decore, I knew Everton have a couple of postponed fixtures. So I thought there's a chance we'll get double fixtures coming up. He's the type of player that will play in both. Um, then Jeff tried to pick up Dennis as well. For Timo Werner, interestingly, um, didn't go through. So he picked up Roman Saiz from Wolves. Um, good run of fixtures once they got through that really horrible stretch, which they actually did pretty well in. I must say. I uh, dropped Jansen for that because Brentford have a couple of poor games from game week 20. Then we I go to Gilby. What, what nationality is he? I believe he's Moroccan. So, yeah, he's yeah. on international duty he's now going. as well. Yep. Um, and, I yeah, they haven't actually played that much. So, then Gilby was next. He tried to drop Consa. Well, he already replaced Consa. His next one then was to pick up another Palace defender. Is it Mark Guhi? I don't know how to say his name there, Isaac. Yep. Um, but he dropped Aspi. Now, was there a trade offer last pod for Aspi? Did someone not offer? I could be getting this wrong. Um, but Aspi was like a, a, a nailed on to Gilby's team that we always joked about trying to get him and he never would get rid of him, but apparently dropped him. Um, then there's another waiver for Dennis. Nathan wanted him, couldn't get him. Isaac picked up Decor- or wanted Decore, couldn't get him, so settled with Ward Prowse. Now, was that the week that he scored, was it, Isaac? He certainly did, yep. He did, a lovely nine points after he scored 13 the week before. That's it. Um, so, good Pretty job. Then Ben Ben tried to pick up Ward Prowse himself, didn't unfortunately get it, um, so he got stuck still with Zaha mm-hmm. um, to get him a lovely zero points. Then it goes to Dan... Uh, sorry, Ben did pick up Target which is interesting seeing as Villa didn't have a game that week um, and dropped Rico Henry from Brentford, who also got zero anyway. So, you know what, let's call it setting himself up. Uh, but we'll get into some potential tra- transfers because it is obviously the January window. One thing I have seen is Villa look hard like they're looking at a left back. and There's a few names I've seen rumored around there. Um, Dan picked up Nathan Ake. I did see this at the time because he dropped Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu had COVID at the time. I thought Ake was a really interesting pickup. Um, I don't know if Dan knew something I didn't, but then Ake came out and played left back for them. I it, it, did anyone else see that coming? Did I miss something in the news there, or did Dan just see the future? He's always been a centre back, as far as I'm concerned, and he's not really been part of the City first team rotation, so. <laughs> Surely yeah. he's fourth choice, right? Behind Diaz, Laporte, and Stones. Have to be. Yeah. So that was an interesting one, but it's paid off for him. Um, mm. He did get six points against Brentford and then two the week after. So um, then it was back to myself. Like I said, I picked up Butland and dropped Tim Krull. Um, and that was it for the waivers. Then we go into free agency. Like I did say, Pope got picked up by Ben. Dan then went for Kovacic and dropped Mbwemo. So interesting one there. Kovacic... Has did return one the first week, but did get onto a 10-pointer the week after. Um, and Buemo, I believe, still been injured for a couple of weeks. So, pretty good one there. Jeff picked up Saiz, but then dropped Saiz and picked up Livramento. So, Livramento, a favourite of the actual game, because um, of how cheap he is, has not played in the last two game weeks. So, good pick up there by Jeff. 
Dave, you're next for the next two, and you can talk yourself through these. You've got Greenwood for Douglas Louise, and then Ayanacho for Wilson. You dropped Wilson. Yeah, he was injured. Why wouldn't is I drop st- him? Is he still injured? <laughs> yes. Nah. Yes. Did I? But isn't Ayanacho also injured? Uh, no, he's Nigerian. Yeah, he's Nigerian. I picked him up before uh, the AFCON break. So, gotcha. Um, yes, how- he was probably – he was one of very few – forwards left that were available and I wasn't going to hold Wilson because at the time they knew he was out for at least a few games but there was no time frame on how long that was to be and I believe Vardy had a bit of a uh, injury cloud or has throughout this time as well so there's an interesting one there um, and the last pickup was Dan who picked up Deli Alley um, and dropped Fred so you know on an attacking player Box to box for a defensive minded player, not that bad. But the minutes with Deli Ali, you just never quite know. So that was game week twenty in a nutshell. Um, not really a nutshell; it was pretty elaborate. But I'm not quite as good at Gilby as this because he does preparation. So we'll go to game week twenty one. Unless there's any other comments wanted to be made. No, we'll go straight through game week twenty one. <laughs> looks a lot, a lot smaller. So. Straight through it. Dave, you picked up McGinn, dropped Grealish. Yes. Wow. Lost patience. Did Grealish um, not start the game before that? He did. He got did. three points, clean sheet, 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah. No, that was... Was that not the one after I'd... You dropped him game week 21. He played game week 20 against Brentford for three points. He did not play in game week 21. Um, yeah. I believe. You've seen the future, how I'm interpreting yeah. this. Um, even when uh, the last few games where he has been playing, he's been playing rubbish anyway. Um, he's definitely not nailed on. Uh, we spoke about this a few weeks ago where Isaac made mention that no player should be immune to being dropped and I need to change my focus and just pick people that are going to guarantee me points. He was not doing that. He's Fair been enough. playing rubbish. There's a lot of City midfielders that are back in the mix. Um, he's not nailed on. Yeah, I Fair can't enough. afford to have him as like you know. He's not a TAA. He's not a Son where yeah. they guarantee regular point scorers for me. So he's part of the rotation now. Fair enough. Um, there was one stat that I saw, and Foden's been one of those guys that has come, really come to the fore in the last two game weeks, but Foden's statistics when Grealish is on the field compared to when he's not on the field are ridiculous. He is so much better when Jack Grealish is on the field. Now, whether that's because he just purely drags the defender out or whether he's opening space, whether it's purely coincidental, which I think Dave's leaning towards. <laughs> no, I'm thinking that it's because those two get on really well off the field. Uh, there has been a lot of off-field drama and um, those two tend to find trouble together where it's not really required. And the off-field stuff that has been, I guess, hinted at with Grealish and Foden together uh, also played into my decision to finally get rid of Grealish. Mm. I don't think Pep is the kind of manager that would um, I guess, let that stuff slide too easily. Yeah. So apparently uh, the whole team was granted a night out 
and um, those two came to training the next day um, a little bit under the weather and not able to train. Hence the actions that were taken. Fair enough. Uh, uh, none of us have ever was... been there, right? No, I don't no. know what you're talking about. No. Um, I do not know if it is both of those players or even just one of those players, but, uh, you know, the, the ever-reliable Sun newspaper in <laughs> the UK uh, have reported and published photos and an interview with a prostitute who has posed in Manchester City um, jerseys, claimed that they were given to her directly by players, multiple, uh, in recent games, uh, in recent weeks, sorry. Um, and, yeah, who knows who that is, uh, but let's just say Grealish and Foden haven't been endearing themselves to... Um, <laughs> to Pep and the like. Fair hey, enough. for more so, update, just watch this space. Dave will be on it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, next I'll up, we have Dan. <laughs> Dan picked up uh, McSauce, Scott McTominay. He was off the back of a one goal, one assist performance um, and dropped Rodrigo. Then, unfortunately, McTominay proceeds to get a yellow card, get one point, and Rodrigo scored a goal for City and get nine points. So, unfortunate eight points lost there um, by Dan, but I guess those happen. Jeff was next to pick up Chris Wood um, for Timo Werner. So, he finally lost patience with Timo Werner, uh, picked up Burnley's ever-present up front, who I had him myself. I could not tell you the last time he scored. Round 12, he scored. Round 10, and then round 3. Three goals in 21 games for a centre forward that's played 90 minutes pretty much every second game um, and played at least 75 minutes in every other game in all but three. Uh, probably not good enough returns in my opinion. And I don't think there was a single assist in that either. So not exactly going to set the world light, but I guess it's a guaranteed two points, which in the day of COVID where people don't play, you'll take two points off your bench because I know a lot of us don't have it. Um, I was next. I basically reversed my trade the week before. I picked up Matty Cash and dropped Dawson. Um, it was a bit of a frustrating one because they announced that West Ham had a double game week and the second game was against Norwich uh, after that had already gone through. So I'll look at it as preparation going forward. Um, Cash has got me one point this game week. Dawson's only got one in the first game, so I'm not going to be losing too much um, for game week 21. So... Gilby was next, picked up Bednarak from Southampton and dropped Mitchell. Um, got the one-game wonder out from Palace. Um, I guess any reason he would have dropped Mitchell there, I, he did pick up a double defender, so maybe it was just trying to diversify. Um, maybe Gwehi's so. the better option. Um, Gwehi went through a, a, a little run where he scored a few goals, so he's good at set pieces, so potentially he's, he's seen more value in that at this point in time. Oh, fair enough. Um, and I mean, Southampton have been up and down. I don't think Southampton probably gets the credit they probably should. Um, Hasenhutl, for, for a manager that was under fire at the start of the season, seems to have steadied the ship relatively well. They perform well enough against big teams and they are the, I guess, typical mid-table team. And hopefully, I know for Ben's sake, they continue to do well because he's a South... Southampton. Fan. I mean, things are looking up for them because didn't they just get yeah, taken over by some rich guy? Serbian um, K 
cable company, TV, something like that, who has said... Investment company of some description. I thought it was like a London-based investment company. We'll have to... Someone can do the research on that, but I think they've bought an 80% share. Um, And everyone, they always say the right things, but have said they don't want to change. They chose Southampton because of how stable they've been, because of the way they do their business. They don't want to come in and do what Newcastle are going to try and do and buy themselves a Champions, uh, Premier League and a Champions League. They want to continue the same structure. Um, and they've also said that they want to kind of follow the path of, despite I just said, not doing what Man City does, but the Man City structure in that they want to go across the world and have lots of the same type of yeah. club everywhere. So Southampton maybe we'll FC see the Saints the league. league. Yeah. yeah. Who, who's the Saints? Is someone going to, who's going to get bought out? Are we going to be the Brisbane Saints soon? Nah, it'll <laughs> be an expansion team, Wollongong. They'll buy Wollongong Wolves. Wollongong Wolves? The Wollongong St. Wolves, maybe? I mean, they're it's red and white. Wolves. Why not? Red, at least. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's Gilby's there. Isaac, next, you picked up Broha, another Southampton player, dropped Pookie. Um, Pookie had been injured, hadn't been playing, something along those lines? Yeah, basically. And, and again, the forwards are a bit thin. There's not a whole lot of forward options who are playing, so he seemed like the most logical one at the time. Uh, nice. Dave, you tried to get McGinn that you had already picked up, so I don't understand why you put that one through. No, um, so what So what it is, is when you do your transactions, you obviously have to put them in the order that you want. So I was... You got McGinn, you lost Grealish, but then you tried... Your second one was to get McGinn and lose Greenwood. So unless there was another trade that would have assumed you wouldn't have had Grealish, so you are happy to give up Greenwood as well? Regardless, you picked up Coleman and dropped Walker. The old Kyle Maybe Walker. I was drunk. Maybe. Uh, I mean, no, no, no. Hang on, you're doing this the wrong way around. I've just dropped Kyle Walker, and he has. Yeah, dropped Kyle Walker. Yeah, That's what picked I said. and Coleman. picked up Seamus Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. When when was that trade made? What week? Does anyone remember? The trade no. that Dave and I did. Yes. Oh, I cannot remember. I, I really want to find out now because since game week 15, Dave, how many points do you reckon Walker's had? 16 Seven. and on. Zero. Has not played a minute since game week 16. Yeah. So I would say it was probably around that mark. So at most you would have got, I'd say, five points in those eight game weeks. So another one of those that Gilby will say is pure luck, but maybe Isaac knew something we didn't know. Um, yeah, and at did... the time, at the time when we were discussing it and going backwards and forwards, I said to Isaac, "I don't feel like Walker's nailed on, and it doesn't yeah. feel like a good trade for me." And then Isaac made me look at the fact that he'd played every single minute of the yeah. season up until that point. So, so had Grealish, though. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, any whatever. reluctance? Obviously, you wouldn't have known at the time, but. Uh, Everton have been pretty busy already in the six days the window's been open. They have bought a new left-back and a new right-back. Um, they have a Ukrainian, I think, Michaelenko is his name, to replace Luka Dean, who's obviously on the outer and will be leaving. Apparently, it's to somewhere else within the Prem. Um, but they've also bought a new right-back from Rangers, Nathan Patterson, I believe. Quite young. Um, hasn't had massive game time at Rangers because Tavernier is their captain who plays right-back, so he's always hard push for minutes but I dare say Coleman's minutes may get rotated slightly I still think Coleman's likely to be a starter um is he their captain I'd say he must be close to yes he is yeah 
So I, I dare say he's still going to be the, the starter, um, but particularly when these double game weeks come around, it wouldn't surprise me if Coleman's not getting 180 minutes each week. So one to keep an eye out there. So I brought, um, Dan was next, tried I to brought drop. him in knowing that they had the double game weeks and reasonable fixtures. So I did not know yep. they'd bought a right back. That's that's obviously happened since. I'm pretty sure this game week would have started. Obviously, it's such a big spread game week. Um we would have had to put these through before that all happened anyway. So you can't always see the future there. So Dan was next, tried to pick up cash and drop Ake, um, but ended up settling with Hoiberg and dropping Delhi. So probably a smart move, getting a nailed on, relatively nailed on, I assume Hoiberg is. Um, defensive midfielder, yeah, he's played all but one game for Delhi Ali, who's hit and miss at best. Jeff was next, picked up Saiz again despite picking him up and dropping him the week before for Livramento. Um, and he's now away. Oh, no, he actually dropped him again later in the same free agency. That's got to be impressive, right? That someone's picked up the same guy twice and dropped him all in the space of two weeks. Um, I picked up Lanzini for Fornells. Now, I reckon that's probably going to go down as the trade of the round so far, unless something drastic happens, because this is a split game week. Um, but... I'll explain myself there. Fornells had been sick, hadn't been playing that much. Um, basically, hadn't started had started one game since round 14 and had got a total of four points. Lanzini had come back from injury and every time I'd seen him, it looked better and better. Looks like I'd got him at just the right time, scored a double and still has a game to go. So that one worked out quite well for me. Um, next was Gilby, tried to pick up Coleman, had already been taken. Jeff tried to pick up Cody, but had already dropped Livramento. Um, but then it was, I undid my uh, mistake the week before, dropped Butlin and picked up Gaeta from Palace. So a goalkeeper swap. Now, I reckon I'd go out on a limb and say I've done the most goalkeeper trades out of everyone in our league. <laughs> What's a goalkeeper trade? Could you even do that? Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys even made one out of the two of you? No, yeah. I know who my goalkeepers are. Picked them at the I... start of the season. Don't need to know. Don't care. I will say that the only reason this has happened is because my, my Brentford first keeper, Raya, did his knee. And then I've been forced into Norwich's keeper and there's been a few rotations since then. Um, but it's kind of working out for me so far. So I can sort of uh, see why you convinced Ben to drop him last week now. <laughs> oh, it was all a play, definitely. Um, <laughs> then we go into the free agents. Dan picked up Digne, dropped Ake. Interesting one. I'm pretty sure Digne had... or, or There have been enough comments out there that I don't see Digne playing for Everton again. Um so that's an interesting one. I dare say we'll see him Any, this week. Any idea where he's actually going to? He apparently wants to stay in the Prem. Um, Newcastle have some interest, I've seen. Chelsea, apparently, as well. Yeah, for cover for Chilwell. Um, but I have seen that apparently Digne is not interested in going to Newcastle. Um, so I mean, I dare who say, would want to go to Newcastle? Yeah, <laughs> I dare say that uh, Chelsea would be the way to go with Reese James out now with uh, mm. no cover for Alonso, and he's not exactly the most reliable out there. He fits the wing-back system, so maybe that's what he's getting at. Maybe that's what Dan's doing, picking him up early for that. Um, Jeff then picked up Azpilicueta and dropped Saiz, like we said. Amazing, quite impressive. Is Saiz the new Chalaba, maybe? Um, now, my my track record of giving Ben advice, now that's where this next one goes. Ben, dropped Damari Gray. Now, that wasn't my advice. I'm going to throw that one out there right now. <laughs> sure, Dropping Damari sure. Gray was not my advice. <laughs> Picking up Adamella Lookman was. Now I said, hey mate, just so you know, Leicester at the time didn't have a game this week. So I said, you don't need to do it now, but I think Adamella Lookman could be a really good pickup 
because Patson Dakar is away, Kalis uh, Ayinacho is away, and Jamie Vardy has a hamstring injury, I believe it is, yep. or some other injury. I said, Lookman came off the bench and looked good. He's a midfielder who's likely to play as a striker for a top six team, or close to a top, top six team. Um, he is one that I think you should look at, but I don't know if you need to even bother doing it yet. I checked the next morning, he'd made the trade immediately. Whether it works out, we'll wait and see. They haven't played since, but dropping Damari Gray for it, I'm going to go straight on a limb and say that probably was not the right move. Would you agree? Whilst uh, Charlison's out injured, probably yes. Yeah, I mean, Damari Gray's stats, like he's been very efficient in front of goal and you just got to wonder, can he continue that? I haven't looked at his stats in the in like in the most recent weeks, but um, I would say no, he probably can't continue that. So I, I don't mind it, but it'll just depend if Lookman gets a good run of games yeah. or if somebody else comes in. Absolutely. So uh, Dan was next next to pick up Consa, um, another Aston Villa defender. He's been pretty good. I think aerial threat. Yeah, he's got a, two goals in around fifteen, and they got a couple of good matchups coming up. Um, drops Chalabar, that old name popping up again. <laughs> Gilby had a double after that, picked up Diop for Bednarak. Um, I'm assuming that was for the double game week for West Ham. Yep. And Godfrey from Everton for Gaihi. So I assume they were both for double game week and preparation for those. Um, I picked up Pinnock for Lamptey. Lamptey just hasn't been doing that much and he looks quite um, ro- looks like he's going to get rotated quite a lot. So happy to get rid of him. Pinnock's... Brentford haven't been as solid as they were at the start of the season, but has been going quite well since. Um, Dave, you were next. You picked up Rice for Greenwood. Um, just a guaranteed starter and a double game week there. Is that it? Yeah, purely for those two reasons. Easy. Greenwood actually has started the last few games. Greenwood has started the last few games. Um, it was... I mean, I had to think about it for a little bit. Um, the other thing, obviously, Greenwood's attacking and Rice is more defensive. Um, but West Ham have good fixtures, double game week, guaranteed starter. I yep. made the change. Fair enough. Um, your other trade, a little bit riskier. Um, dropped Ayanacho, not that risky when he's going to be away, for Ida from Norwich, I believe, backup striker to Buki. Yes, yeah, so uh, I dropped Ayanacho knowing that... So they didn't have uh, a game last game week. And then he was going to be away for AFCON. Uh, and then the forwards pool was very small. I picked up Ida for Norwich, as you say, being the backup for Puki, thinking that Puki was injured, but not realizing that the Norwich game is still like a week away and we haven't got there yet. And Puki may actually be back by then. So that was an oversight on my part, but I was going to get rid of Ianacho anyway. And there was... Yep. Bugger all of nothing available. Uh, fair enough. Um, last one of the free agents there, Isaac, you picked up Ben Johnson for Alex Tellez. I'm assuming, again, just trying to get a West Ham defender in. Yeah, I, I was. Um, and it he did play the first game of their, of their double game week, but he then proceeded to, um, I think, get taken Get dragged at halftime half on time. a yellow card. Yeah, correct. So he's got zero points for me thus far. Um, yep. But of the of the highlights I watched, like he was pretty active in that first half. So I'm not. Into, I, I imagine maybe that was just to make sure that they didn't get uh, him. He didn't get red carded. I don't know. 
Um, but we'll wait and see what the next game brings. And before you wrap this all up, I just there wanted to make mention. one more trade. Oh, do that, and then I'll then I'll, yep. I'll, I'll jump in. Um, there is actually a trade between managers. I don't know if you guys have seen this at all. Mm. Um, no, there I is haven't. a trade between managers round twenty one. Nathan and Ben. So the new top and the bottom have traded. Uh, I don't think this Mount, is going to go well for Ben. Ma- Ma- Mason Mount for Emil Smith Rowe. So Nathan requested Smith Rowe. No, 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 no. offered Smith Rowe. He, yeah. So the way this is worded is awful. Offered by Nathan, but anyway, Mount and Smith Rowe. Now Ben had Mount, so that has gone to Nathan, um, and Smith Rowe's gone the other way now. I don't know exactly. I'm not privy to their conversations. I don't know if you've spoken to Nathan at all about this one at all, Isaac. I haven't spoken to Ben about it, but um, Smith Rowe's stats are going to be padded because he's come off the bench three times in the last four game weeks to score a goal. Yeah. Something along those lines. Now, whether Ben's research went in depth enough to have noticed that, I'm not sure. Um, but we, we've also spoken about Mount and how he may not be the fantasy asset that he looks like, but. That's an interesting trade. Who has the better side of that? Uh, to tell you the truth, I was actually with both of those guys on Monday. I didn't even know, and I didn't even ask them. Um, it's it, Well, I think Nathan probably wins that trade in that it was no risk of his to give up Smithrow because he's been on the bench. He's got Martinelli as well, who's been playing outstandingly well. So I think that in that respect... You know, there was no real loss for Nathan. And Odegaard's been playing Odegaard's better been and better great. as it's been going yeah. as well. So, yeah, I would quite happily, if I was in Nathan's position, I'd quite happily fuck off Smith Rowe. If you look at Chelsea's fixtures, so they obviously have no game round 24 and 25 because I assume that's Club World Cup. But they have a double game week now in round 22. Now, that's been announced right before we started recording this. Um, one game is against City, but the other is against Brighton. After that, they have Spurs, Palace, Leicester, Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich, Brentford, Southampton, Leeds. That is a great run of fixtures. So maybe Nathan is looking a lot further ahead than we all are. Um, he's, well, we'll go into what the table looks like at the moment, in a moment, but he that looks like it could well be a good move for, for Nathan there. But yeah, I didn't even consider the fact that he had Martinelli, but if he has them diversifying, I reckon that's a great trade for mm. Nathan. So that is the waiver wire just in time for Gilby. How did I go? Hi there. Yeah, no, did a great job by the sounds of it there, Mick. <laughs> you obviously thanks. didn't, he didn't hear even much. hear it all. That's the best part. You were rubbish, Mick. Yeah, thanks. Gilby, you're back next week. Yeah, all yeah. good. Wait, wait, can I just put it out there? Gilby, you're on multi-duty today then. Sure, I can do that. Cool. It's now Michael's magical multi. <laughs> just for Wouldn't this week, be... one week only. Oh, no, actually, I shouldn't have done this. If he gets it right. He's going to get it right. He's oh, so going to get it right. Well, and yeah, then, then it's the end of, of your time with the, the magic multi. Oh, that's right, fine. I, if it happens, it happens. So the minimum is $38, right, Mick? Well, we've missed two game weeks, so I'll allow $36. $36. All right, well, so yeah. here we go. I like it. Uh, but before we move on to looking at the league, I was just going to mention two transfers that I was thinking of making and didn't. And, and then I'll sort of, it made me remember something about, you know, this game. Um, the first being I was, I was looking at the double game weeks. I actually didn't know that the double game weeks were on until very late 
in the piece until the free agent transfers were happening. So I don't know if that that was everybody else's. Uh, I was the same. You were the same, yeah. So I, I really looked at this very late and I thought, oh, maybe I should make some trades, try and capitalize on this. And I came across two names that I'm like, oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll bring these guys in. And they were Gordon from Everton. And I also looked at Gordon from yep. Everton. And Wiesa from Brentford, both of whom uh, scored a goal. Uh, Gordon scored two. Two. Wiesa scored one. Uh, I was very, very close in pulling the trigger and then just had a hesitation. Thought, oh, no. No. Uh, no, you're going too rogue, Isaac. I thought exactly the same thing. Not with Wiesa, but with <laughs> Gordon. I was having a look. I'm like, Everton have been shit. They've got a double game week. Um, the upcoming fixtures are reasonable. And, you know, as we all do when we get to do our 13 seconds of research, you know, you might look at a few uh, suggested starting lineups and... I did see Gordon's name there as a suggested starter. And so I went and had a look through his recent minutes and it was very choppy and I did not do it. <laughs> I, it just brought me back to thinking, okay, like this game, obviously it's all about, well, mostly about luck. There's there's a very large percentage of the points that you receive that, you know, comes about by luck. And sometimes just your gut is a pretty good, uh, you should just go with it at times. And and my gut was saying, oh, yeah, let's maybe bring these two in. And then I overrode it. Um, so it just brought me back to that. Okay, like it's a game. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some in terms of the transfers. Go with your gut. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And uh, I didn't go with my gut and it didn't work out in doing that. So, you know, it's just a, it is it nice just a reminder. Finally, once one didn't go your way, that is that is a nice change. Well, look, I think judging by where the table is right now, uh, you, we can clearly see that it hasn't been going my way for a few weeks. And so we'll, we'll talk about that right now, shall we? Um, there has been a change at the top. This is the second uh, time we've had a change at the top all season in our league. So currently in first position um, is Nathan. He has he has risen from was he last at some point I feel like he was or if not he was maybe second or third last but he has risen to first place, um, just shy of a thousand points at the moment with a few games to go in this particular game because on thirty three points so far, um, and you know if we have a look uh, at his team really really quickly uh, Regulon with six points Laporte with six points uh, Edward who has his scoring boots on at the moment. Um, with six points as well. Um, Morpay, five points. He got an assist for his troubles. Um, and, you know, he's still got he's still got Tillemans to play, I believe. Um, but otherwise, you know, 33 points. It's been a low-scoring sort of game week. It's going to be at least 35 because Matip will go out for Martinelli, who got ah, two. Very true. Yes, very good. Um, and he was smart in having Gabriel... Um, last on his uh, bench as well with negative three. So, you know, very, very interesting there. But 33 points doesn't seem too bad. It's been a a low-scoring game week thus far, but there's still a few games to play. Yeah, I did find it interesting, and we'll get into this very soon, but he does not have a single player there with a double game week. So uh, 
that obviously wasn't on his radar. Yeah, wasn't sucked into it. I, I maybe he realizes well, there's going to be other game double game weeks coming up. So, um, and his big bit of business was bringing in Mount. So you look at his midfield at the moment. It's um, De Bruyne, Mount, Tillemans, Gallagher, Martinelli. That doesn't sound too bad right now, does it? He's done pretty well, I'd say. So that'll be that'll be an interesting one to keep tabs on over time. And his forwards as well, like nothing big, but all all starting at the moment, all playing Eduard, Jimenez, and Morpay. So, you know, he's again, he's not at the top for, for no other reason than the fact that he has a good squad at the moment. So, you know, he's done well and he's put a bit of a gap between himself and the person in second, which is me, um on um, 981 points. I've got 25 points so far this particular game week. Um, and, you know, that's largely due to the fact that um, I really didn't get anything from my backs and they've been so good for me so far this season. Uh, Mane did come through with six points. Uh, Mares nine points. Um, that's the only thing to write home about at the moment. Uh, Watkins didn't play which was a bit of a shame um i'll have king come off my bench at this point in time for two points so there's, there's not too much to write home about at the moment unless brosia plays yeah that's right too what's the plan with your uh, i'll say three afcon players but mendy's obviously probably an easy one which michael will play yeah uh, but Mane and mares gonna try and diversify and trade for something else are you gonna just hold them and hope with double game weeks, I doubt you're going to have a zero, but it's going to be hard to maximize those doubles otherwise. Yeah, look, at this point in time, I'm keeping Mane, definitely. Um, so he won't be going anywhere. Um, it's just about what I do with Mares at this point in time. So uh, I have looked at my team for next game week, and I've, he's on the bench at the moment, and I've got a team that plays, but basically I would have really nothing on the bench. Um, so... I can't say I know exactly how many game weeks he could potentially be out for. I'd say probably three or four. Two. Okay. Two. So that if, might be... If they make quarterfinals, um, if they lose in the quarterfinals, sorry, mm-hmm. they are likely to get back in time. But if they make it to the semis, they'll either have to play a third, fourth playoff or the final, which will leave them three days from when that is played to that next game week. So gotcha. minimum two, maybe three. Okay. I'll just have to look at it on balance and decide whether I want the safety of having somebody else who's getting points or not. Um, I could do a tr- cheeky trade with somebody who's willing to take on, you know, lo- missing out for two game weeks, but given Mares has played a, a fair number of games recently. Um, and 44 scored... points in five weeks with a blank. Yeah, so he's... he's done pretty well recently. He's played a fair few minutes and he's got lots of points. Um the last time I traded a Man City player with that type of record, it didn't turn out well for the for the other person. So, Dave, would you consider taking Mario's off my hands? I mean, yes. <laughs> uh, Son? For Son? Uh, no. <laughs> we'll, we'll... I don't know. Mario's is an interesting he's a, one. Yeah, he's like, a very interesting one, yeah. Yeah, he's such a rotation risk, but every time he plays, he just absolutely fills his boots. So... Mm. yeah yeah it's so, such a tricky one yeah so i've just got to decide with how much how much i want to take that on given he's just as likely to come back and then pep not play him yep so you know we'll wait and see but at the moment i've got a, i've got 
Um, at the moment, I've got 11 players that are playing. So I've just got to make that decision to see how much risk I want to take. Because yes, I do want to make sure I keep on getting points and I've got to make sure that they're coming from a good source as well. So if I was to drop my to free agency, I'd want to make sure I'm picking up somebody who I think can score some good points. Um, but maybe I could trade with somebody, depending. I, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. We'll see what comes up. So uh, yeah, at the moment, a few points behind Nathan. Um Hopefully I can stay with him for a few weeks and getting Mane back will be good for that, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but then in third place at this very point in time, Gilby in third place, uh, 31 points so far this game week. Um, you're about 100 points back. So I, I haven't been keeping up to know whether that 100-point gap has been decreasing or increasing or staying steady. How, how What would your take be at the moment, Gilby, on that gap? Has it been pretty steady or have you, are you gaining? No, it's been steady, if anything, getting bigger, but it just depends on whether it's to you in the lead or to Nate in the lead, depending on yep. the lead. But yeah, I haven't really been making any ground like I was hoping for. So, so far, it's been a bit of a mixed week for me, uh, cheering to see DCL appear and then wanted to throw things when he his contribution was putting a penalty onto the crossbar. Um, and Mick, was yeah. that your moment of the week? Yeah, nearly. Um, I, th- I think I did mention DCL in my moment of the week saying he'd come back. So, yep, there we go. Um, but Antonio actually scoring again was probably my highlight. Other than that, hasn't been great, but um, I've still got a few players to play. Um, still got Antonio to play at home against Norwich, and I've still got DCL to play at home against Leicester. So, hoping for some more points there to maybe make a bit of a gap, but... It's been a bit of a mixed round, but um, yeah, hopefully um, we'll go how we go. Tell me, Gilby, you've got... What's what, that, Dave? One, I two, th- cut out there. Sorry, uh, I was just saying you've got one, two, three, four, five. You've got six Man U players. Man U have been shite. Uh, what's your... What's your explanation for that? I was going to say, I think he might have dropped out. He's really trying to avoid this question. Yeah, uh, I mean, but fair I enough. can understand him doing that, to be fair. I was going to add in on that. I was going to ask Gilby a question myself, but along the same lines, but more specifically, um, I've had the benefit in the last couple of weeks, they've had, Man U's had the late game. So late game over there, which is the early game here. 6 a.m. holidays, chance to actually get up and watch a game of football. Unfortunately, it's been Man United. Jaden Sancho has started both of those games as kind of that play a 4-2-2 as one of the uh, attacking mids. Bruno was suspended for the first and then came off the bench for the second. Greenwood was on the other side. Jaden Sancho is awful. I have, like, I just... If he was in my team, if I was in Gilby's shoes right now, he would be the first one dropped. He should have stayed at Watford. He is <laughs> terrible. Now, in saying that, the other one who is also terrible, Aaron Wan Basaka going forward. I'd heard, I know you guys have said that to me before, but damn, I did not realize how bad he was going forward. There is some videos of him shanking crosses into the first row that didn't even get inside the penalty area, let alone into the six-yard box. 
So now that Gilby is back, Dave was just saying, what are you going to do with all your Man U stats, uh, Man U players, sorry, seeing as how bad they are? And I want to know more specifically, Sancho, with how bad he is, what are you doing with him? Yeah, it's a tough one for Manchester at the moment. We were awful to say, that's probably the best word I can come up with, um, up against Wolves, to play at Old Trafford against Wolves and be lucky to only lose 1-0 was, yeah, that about sums up how it's been. But um, I'm happy to look at it, but it just depends. Like when I look at the waiver wire and see the mids available, nothing really stands out to me as an upgrade on any of them. And I know with how my luck's gone so far this season, as soon as I transfer out one of them, that'll be the time they finally come good. And given Manchester United's fixtures, I'm still holding on to hope that, well, at least up until round 27 uh, is when it turns. Um, If we haven't scored a fair few points by round 27, it's going to get real ugly. And, I mean, we could be mid-table at best because our run home from round 27 onwards is ugly. With with the formation, I just said the 4-2-2 that they play, Ronaldo's basically a guaranteed starter. That means one of Fernandes, Sancho, Cavani or Rashford will not be starting. So you're basically taking a guaranteed... Is, is it basically a case of you taking a guaranteed bench player for three guaranteed starters? Is that just the way you're going to risk it and hope you pick the right one? Basically, yes. Um, I'm thinking at the moment I haven't seen enough of an upgrade there. And I mean, thinking, like, I don't know whether or not we'll still do the some of the mid-season redraft we've talked about, whether or not we had to juggle that in somewhere. But, yeah, I mean, that's what I was hoping, hoping for as well, that... Let's see what was available there, but I haven't seen enough of an upgrade there, and I still think their fixtures are really good if we can turn it around, which is a very big if going on how we've played these last few weeks. Just quickly, Man United 14 minutes ago so have announced Ed Woodward is leading, leaving at the end of January. Yeah, that was always so, uh, it was always the plan for him gonna... to leave, um, but he's kind of just um, like the timing of it has always been a little bit up in the air, depending on what they want to do as far as finding his replacement and everything. So I'm assuming it's probably Richard Arnold who will be taking yeah, his Richard responsibility Arnold straight away. Effective from first of uh, February. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's so. That's, there's no great surprise there. I don't think really changed too much. Um, I've seen we've been linked with a couple more players um i don't know how that's going to really solve anything at the moment um given who we've been linked with because we've been linked with a striker from river plate called julian alvarez i don't know why we'd buy another striker but anyway um and (laughs) i think the other one we've been linked with who did i see just before uh, it doesn't really... Surely a defensive midfielder. Well, honestly, Frank Cassie? No. Cassie? No, well, I mean, honestly, Manchester United get linked with everybody whose agent wants some more money. So it could be anyone, but I can't remember who it is at the moment. But, yeah, I mean, we have been linked with uh, Amadou Haidara, um, who was uh, Diwara Haidara. I can't probably got his last name wrong there. Diwara's from Roma. No, there's um, a guy from Leipzig who's a defensive mid whose contract ends in six months. Haidara. Yeah. So yeah. we've been linked with him. A possibility, but like, I don't know. This 4 triple 2 it's, it's not really winning me over at the moment. Um, but, I mean, he's trying to work out a way to put Ronaldo in the formation and... Ronaldo has been pretty terrible, and you can't really not pick Ronaldo. So, yeah, it's going to be drama at Manchester United. Are you going to try and increase your Man U numbers by picking up Phil Jones? 
Well, Tellers is also available. <laughs> I did see, I saw a funny photo. Um, there's a Phil Jones, it's either a Facebook or Twitter account that basically promotes him and mocks him in equal measure. And it had a photo of like walking out before the start of the match. And like Phil Jones is looking like it's Christmas, jumping around like full of energy. And every other Manchester United player beside him is like looking like it's doom and their worst day ever. So like Phil, like the tagline was, um, it's going to be a great day, boys. Here I am to save the day. So <laughs> when, when and Phil Jones is one of your best players, you know it's not been your best day. Oh, Phil Jones for captain. Give him, give him the armband and just, you know, let him rev the boys up. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if it's from the treatment room, maybe. <laughs> if you're talking about how Ronaldo's playing and how bad he's been, but if you watch the way he plays, every time he gets the ball with his back to goal, he one-touch passes it back to the guy who passed it to him. And it just completely disjoints the way they play. So he is, they're literally playing with 10 because he does nothing unless they f- feed him a shot. And it's, it's so, I, I read that someone on Twitter somewhere pointed it out every time he has back to goal, he, he doesn't hold the ball, turn and dribble, which would have been what he did in his heyday, right? Just down the wing, taking on every man and his dog to try and get into a position to shoot. Now he's doing none of that work himself, just laying it off but he's coming into a deep position to do it. So then he can't even do the one thing he wants to do. So it's a really strange one um, when you actually watch him play about the way that he's setting himself up. But somehow, if you look at his stats, he's still taken more shots inside the area, I think it is, than any other player in the league since he came back into the league. So he's still getting shots off, which as a Ronaldo owner, I'm happy and grateful for. Yeah, it's just an odd one with how you try and make it work because the theory has been that he can't play without a striking partner up front. Like, they can't play, like, a 4-3-3 and have him up front on his own. Um, whether or not his best position might be an inside forward off the left, I've seen a few people maybe suggesting that, but that seems to be Rashford's best position um, and arguably Greenwood's best position as well. Um, I've seen one of the theories being that we should try and sell Ronaldo and play Greenwood, Rashford, and Sancho together, which is probably a very good front three. Um, but that was probably the plan at the very beginning of the season. I'd yeah, imagine. a lot of people are saying that um, Solskjaer made the wrong decision to take Ronaldo back. Um, but it's one of those. I don't ones. think it was his decision, though. I don't think he had a choice. Possibly, no. uh, it, it just depends. <laughs> just depends who you believe in in that instance. But it's one of those ones. Even if it was, sorry, even if it was his choice, though, he's in a lose lose situation. If he takes him on, not wanting him then that's a terrible decision. If he doesn't take him on, he gets crucified by everyone for not taking on Ronaldo. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if, it, if we didn't take him, then, I mean, possibly he goes to City, but I don't really think at all he suits City's system. Um, so, I mean, in the end, it, it would have been a hard decision to make, but he may well have come out looking better. I mean, even some of the Juventus players, I saw things Benucci came out and said that um, since Ronaldo's uh, was there, he believed it cost Juventus um, with their team performance. So, yeah, it's one of those tough ones. Like, one of the, one of the greatest players in history is not playing well at all in a bad system where lots of um, dressing room issues as well. It's a really, really hard one. Don't Juventus just take brown paper bags and buy performance, though? Allegedly. 
<laughs> what do you mean allegedly? They got put down to what? Siri B or something years ago? Yeah, they did. Yep, yeah. yep. Famously the allegedly yeah, culture poly scandal. Yes. Yeah, that was um yeah. that was an interesting one and um yeah, I was I was actually just uh, watching a video came up suggested on um Pierre Luigi Kalina and um like the great man, the only referee ever to be the front cover the of alien. video game. Um yeah, he was front cover of Pez three and four. Um and uh, one of the things that came out in the recordings was the one of the people involved in bribing on a half of Juventus was apparently pissed at Kalina for being too objective and, and impossible to bribe. So ever since that came out, then like he obviously went up in everyone else's estimation except for that guy. <laughs> there is a, uh, a a Netflix documentary series called Bad Sport, um, and it does actually go through that whole scandal of Juventus um, and sort of paints a bit of a picture of, of what it's like. It's actually a really good series overall, so if anyone's interested, yep, uh, a good. bit of a recomm- recommendation there. Um, it, before we do move on to, to fourth place, Gilby, I must say, though, I with the fixtures that Man United had, I did like your tactic of, of loading up with Man U players because if it came off, it would have came off big and you would have been, you know, back hunting sort of the 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 top one and two spots so i i actually really liked the play i think it's a a a good thing to be able to do and the fact you were able to to do it hasn't paid off just yet but i i really liked the the strategy there i thought that was a good one yeah i mean now i just need manchester to come to the party with some kind of performance (laughs) yeah there is that there is that but you know um irrespective i i applaud the strategy i thought it was really uh yeah really good is this leading really into your new segment isaac um no we we might bench the new segment today unless anything comes to me between now and oh, then but um, that, that's a bold strategy oh. isaac <laughs> well you know <laughs> up pops the strategy <laughs> the segment there it is thank you dave um we will have a talk a quick chat now about fourth place and i must say that you know between third and let's say sixth Seventh. place this seventh even it has started to congest a little bit uh but in fourth place is mick um 10 points behind gilby so far 37 points this game week you have been moving forward which has been excellent to see and when you're like in you said, not, it's hard not to go for me backwards. it's not well it's not yeah excellent for me i would agree dave it's not excellent for you but i wasn't talking to you just now i was talking to mick i apologize we'll wait um, three more positions bad... for your turn dave yeah, yeah yeah bad for dave great for mick like you said mick lanzini was a good pickup this week so well done there um that's is that where the bulk of your points have come from so far yeah um lanzini has 15 emerson royal has eight um that's pretty much it uh, fernandez in goal for brentford did have three the most frustrating thing for everything so far was when I saw Arsenal were 1-0 up going in at halftime against uh, Man City with Saka scoring the goal, Tierney getting the assist, and me having both of them as my second and third bench spots. So that was quite tilting, particularly when Gundogan was on the bench, hadn't played yet, and Jesus had done nothing all game. So that one's frustrating. Hopefully, uh, Madison hasn't played yet, only has one game, has a bit of an injury cloud. If he doesn't play... Firmino, my first player, didn't play. So hopefully Saka comes in, but we'll wait and see there. I watched that game, uh, the first half in particular. I, I didn't Arsenal, watch the second half. Good. They were so good. They were up for it. City looked lethargic. Um, but yeah, Arsenal were up for it. And 
I got to say, I I think that they were incredibly, incredibly unlucky to to not come away with a win there. To be yeah. honest, they should so, have had a penalty. Really, well, it was it was. Yeah, that, you know, that's touch and go. I'd be. We always say this. Interesting to get Jeff's opinion there. Um, I can kind of see both sides of it. I can see where people say no. Odegaard's actually stepped on Edison there. But I can also see where Odegaard's protecting the ball and Edison's come from and taking it. So you can kind yeah. of see both sides. It, it what was I'm unclear. I was just going to say it was unclear who actually moved that ball. Yeah. Like, I, it, it, it wasn't conclusive, so I don't think it was clear and obvious. I'm surprised, and I'm pretty sure Jared Gill at the Aussie is, was the uh, VAR for that. Oh. I'm surprised he didn't refer both decisions to to the referee in the middle to have a look. I I don't think whether maybe it it seems to be that they only tell the referee to go and have a look if they hundred percent believe it should be turned. So it's, it's almost like foregone conclusion. I don't think I've seen a referee go over there after not giving a penalty, looking at it and reversing his decision. So because I I think the idea it's, it's clear and obvious. So the only reason they should be going over or from what I gather, the only reason they go over to look is because it's, it's a clear and obvious change in the decision. Yep, that's fair enough. I don't know. Um, yeah, that would make sense. But um, Simon Hill, one of the, I guess you'd say the best Aussie commentators for all the things football over here. But he's a Man City fan, and he actually tweeted he hasn't seen since Pep's been there a team play as well as Arsenal and dominate them the way Arsenal did. Mm. Now, how much of that is due to Arteta having studied under Pep and knowing his game style, or is it? Is it his own style that's doing that? I I have to put something, some of it down to the fact that Arteta knows Pep inside out because that's where he learnt everything managerial that he's done so far. I think it's more to do with the fact that Arsenal played really, really well and City didn't really play well. I mean, even Guardiola came out afterwards and said that Arsenal were the better team. Um, I think at this point, everyone is very well aware of how City plays and how Guardiola plays. They always play a 4-3-3. They always play high possession. They always play with like a hot, like the holding midfield. They always value short possession. So I think everybody knows how he's going to play. Um, it's a matter of being able to stop it. That's the thing. And when you've got some of the world's best players using that system, it's been incredibly hard to stop. But... I mean, with um, COVID and with the fixture pile-up and everything, City were a little bit off and Arsenal were really, really good. And, yeah, I mean, they were very, very unlucky in the end. Mm. Fair enough. Um, But, yeah, the rest of my team's gone okay. I still have effectively one, two, three, four, five, six games in hand as well. So I've got 37 points for the game week um, in my team so far, which I would assume has me coming second for the round so far. I've got six games in hand. So... I'm hoping I can close the gap. We've spoken about how Nathan doesn't have any double game weeks. Um, obviously, has a bit off his bench to come in yet. Um, but I'm hoping I can get that lead down to close to 100. Um, if I could be closer to top than I am to last by the end of the round, I would say that's – and I'm pretty much there already. But I'd say that's been a pretty good game week for myself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think um, with that many games in hand, you're, you're looking you know, pretty likely to be able to – pull off a, a round win um, in our league anyhow and and the person who you're chasing is in fifth spot is Dan at this point in time who's risen from sixth to fifth he's having a, having a really good round 
so far. He's on 42 points. Um, Sanchez for 15 points. Saar for 5 points. Kovacic for 10 points. Um, he would have obviously been a bit disappointed with Lukaku not actually getting on the pitch at all. I don't um, agree. Because he's definitely going to come in because Dina is not going to play this um, second game week. So you'll get but there's Hoiberg 11 points in. in. Yeah, Hoiberg and Semedo both go in for three and eight respectively. Ooh, so he'll be actually quite. I was more. I was more talking about the fact that you know Lukaku being his um, first round pick, but no, I think that's fair enough too. Eleven points coming in is it's a pretty good return there. Um, Interesting call to bench Loris against Watford and play Jose Sar against Man U though. Had hmm. I mean Sar got five points, but Loris did get eight, so slightly frustrating. Um, Isn't Sar the, f- the top goalkeeper at the moment though? Like he's been pretty. He great. would be close, yeah. Hmm. Um, eighty-eight points. That's a pretty solid effort. Yeah, absolutely. But no, I, I see your point. I mean, he's he's missed three points there, but um, you know, I. Th- He's still not going to be unhappy with his round week, even though he's not missed those those points. And he's got Bowen still face to face Norwich, which you know you would think that he's going to at least pick up some decent points there. Um, I suppose the big thing for for Dan is James, who um, is looks to you know having a hamstring injury. I don't know if anyone knows the time frame that he'll be back. Does he get rid of him? Does he keep him? That'll be something for him to consider, and obviously Digne as well. Um, or does he just keep him thinking that he might go to Chelsea in happy days? He, he might get a run. Uh, that'll be an interesting one for Dan, but really good game week thus far. So he'll be pretty happy with that return and getting up into fifth place. I'm sure he'll be very happy as well and looking to try and get in that top half of the table. Uh, and this leads us on to sixth place. Jeff has dropped into sixth with 30 points thus far. He's six points behind Dan. Uh, if we look at Death's, uh, Jeff's team really, really quickly, really... Not too much to write home about. Uh, Salah, obviously, seven points. Uh, Alonso, six points. Bernardo, five points. That's really where it's all come from. Um, Salah's on his way out. I can't imagine he's going to be dropping Salah, but he's going to miss him for a couple of game weeks, which will be disappointing. Vardy is, from what I read, still three or four weeks away. Um, I can't Again, I can't imagine he's going to part with Vardy. But that's obviously a blow for him. Bamford's the other one. Uh, his other forward, who he may need to consider. Is there a better option out there? Because so far he's relying on Wood up front for him. And um, he hasn't been too prolific thus far this season. So 30 points. He's not going to be getting uh, really any more points other than potentially White coming in with one point for Zinchenko. So he's going to be pretty steady there with, with 30 points. To 31 points coming up and then that leads us to seventh with dave um so you are what 18 points behind jeff in seventh place mm-hmm. um you've got a, a few games left to go are you hoping to maybe bridge that gap a little bit uh yes probably not as much as i'd hoped um obviously you know You've got to look immediately in front of you before you worry about looking right at the top. And unfortunately for me, Mick and Dan have both had great weeks, which is frustrating. Um, but, I mean, it looks like I'm going to close the gap on Nathan and yourself somewhat. Um, it hasn't been a huge week so far, um, but I do have a few... Uh, 
few games in hand. So um, immediately Dello didn't score, uh, didn't play. So he'll be replaced um, either by TAA for four points or Ida if he plays for Norwich. Um, there's a bit of a question mark there whether or not he plays or Pukki's fit again. Um, Fabianski, Coleman, uh, Rice, Sushik and Tony all have games in hand, um, as does Ben Rama, but he's obviously off at AFCON, so he won't improve on his six. Um, but it wasn't, I don't know, hasn't been a nightmare so far. Dyer and Son with uh, six each, as I said, Ben Rama with six. Um, unfortunately, Ings played and scored and was benched. So, yeah, that's the one that hurts. Fair enough. And but my question is, I know I know Liverpool played Chelsea, but I I still don't I don't understand why you're benching the second, arguably the second best player in the in the, the in in fantasy Premier League. Like, what what was the thought process there in terms of benching? TAA. Um, Liverpool haven't kept a huge number of clean sheets of late. Yes, he's got attacking threat, um, but I didn't expect him to. Uh, he obviously got an assist. I did not expect that to be the case against Chelsea. If he doesn't get an attacking return and he doesn't keep a clean sheet, he scores me two points at max. Um, when you look at, I mean, Spurs played Watford, you know, mark that in as a clean sheet for Dyer before it even happens. <laughs> Dallow has been playing and has been playing attacking football and they were against Wolves. I expected him to play. I expected him to hopefully get a clean sheet. If not, you know, he might even snuck in with a bonus point here or there. Um, Gilby dropped uh, Cucciarella recently uh, I picked him up knowing that um, you know he, he does have attacking threat he's got um, oh he's only got the one assist this season but he does pop up with bonus points quite regularly um, they were playing against Everton who have been rubbish and he didn't get the clean sheet that I was hoping for and then Coleman I brought in for the double game week. So, you know, I, it it's not easy to drop TAA to the bench. But against Chelsea, um, when you've got other options, you know, you have to think about it. Yeah, and does so does, does Ben Rama come out of your team now? Are you going to hold him for uh, the AFCON period? Uh, he's been playing really well. He has had mixed minutes um, right throughout the season, though. So I probably can afford to drop him, um, especially given that I've picked up Rice and Sushek, also West Ham players, for the double game week and their good run of fixtures. Um, I'm going to have to drop one of them anyway. Yes, okay. Ben Rama's more attacking than someone like Rice, but I've got to drop one of them anyway to diversify, so I don't have any problems in dropping him. Cool. Very good. 
So hopefully a few more points coming your way. It's looking likely. Um, like you said, Ben Rama won't get another run, but you still got one, two, three, four players, five players that should. So hopefully you'll sneak up the leaderboard there. And that does take us to Ben with um, in eighth place at the moment, um, 13 points thus far. So it hasn't looked great for Ben so far, but he does have one, two, yeah, two players who will hopefully... Um, get some uh, more points with the double game fixtures. Um, and he does have a couple of players who didn't play, like Maguire, like Foden. Um, Kiate Zaha. Kiate Zaha, who have both gone to AFCON as well. So he's going to have to change things up a little bit. Um, I suppose that, looking at that, you wonder why maybe Mount was traded. Um, considering Zahar is going. Kiyate, um will have to be replaced. He's got Lookman coming off the bench. He's got Thiago Silva, who's going to come off the bench for one point. Um, but unfortunately, St. Maximin um, has an injury at this point in time. So he is not... Um, well, he was not playing this game week anyway, but he's got a bit of an injury as well. So there's a few things he's going to have to change. He's got Ayu, um, AU as well with five points this week. Uh, but he's gone to AFCON too. So there's going to have to be some changes there with, with Ben's team. So he's going to have to really look into that over this next few weeks. No one? Yes, <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have to change it, but if he wants to avoid oh, coming true. last, yes, yes, he does have to change it. No, um, that, I, that is very true. I think Maguire not playing is probably a little unlucky. Um, I assume he has an injury of some kind because I would have assumed him probably and Varane mental. would be the... rubbish. Him and Varane would have been the, the starting uh, pair for centre-backs. Um, I thought Eric Bailly was quite good when he played before he had a he had an injury of some kind and then he got subbed off. Um, obviously, he's about to go away for AFCON, but the fact that they are resorted to playing Phil Jones there instead of Maguire, I'm assuming there's a reason for that. Uh, but... Minor chest injury. Okay. But, for, yeah, like we said, Phil Jones played quite well, so maybe Maguire doesn't get his Is spot Is that back. code for COVID? No, it actually was a oh, chest okay. injury. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Um, but, yeah, we've said before that it's a matter of time for Kane, but he says that every, I think every other manager's tried for Kane. Um has Kane's value dropped? If we were to redo the entire draft right now, would Kane still be a first-round draft pick? It depends. Are you? When are we? Are we doing this draft with the benefit of hindsight? No, as in, if the season were to start today, and you've had twenty-two weeks of preseason games, mm-hmm. if you were to draft base, assuming all the draws were equal, if there was one match against each team, so nineteen more weeks. Would you say Kane is a first-round draft pick? No, uh, but I think he is somewhere between. I'd probably rank him say, around about twentieth, second, third round, maybe. Interesting. Yeah, I, you, I personally if you took out. I was just gonna say I, if you took out like all previous um, points, points, and and knowing what he had done, you look at this and you're like, well, yeah, he's not. He's really not. But in saying that, the last one, two, three, he scored three goals in the last four game weeks. So, you know, there's there's something there. But I think, yeah, probably more likely round two, just depending on 
if people want to pick up a forward that early or what their strategy is? I reckon he's still late round one. I don't think there's enough other pure, better options. Um, Salah, obviously, there's no questions. <laughs> he is the number one draft pick. Um, but I think KDB is probably close to two, but if you see moment, his injury history, it's probably hard to say. Um, KDB is an interesting one, though, because fantasy-wise, he may not be the best player because he always gets the second-to-last pass. He's the one that plays in the winger before the winger crosses to a tap-in. Like, it's not necessarily the best fantasy-wise. So it's, it's an interesting one. I, I think you, you'd have to have Kane there purely for his goal threat. Because I don't think, other than maybe Ronaldo, there's no striker in the league that's guaranteed the minutes he's guaranteed with the threat that he produces. It's just unfortunate that Tottenham's not as good as they should be. If you could actually score a little bit more regularly, I'd say Antonio, probably. Um, but and DCL, but yeah, I mean they've had their injury issues and consistency consistency issues. Um, mm. the problem is like Kane's been very consistent, but not um in in a uh, fantasy points perspective. I I did see a stat. So the expected um, there's a, a book, the XG philosophy, which I don't know if they pioneered expected goals or they're just the ones that tried to make it um I guess more popular, but. This is, so far, the first season since 2014-15 that Tottenham has not outperformed their expected goals. So they are underperforming based on what they should be. So maybe they've just had eight, nine, ten years worth of good luck. Maybe that's why they are where they are. Um, Rather than the fact that he's not performing, it's, well, maybe he's just overperformed all those other years. Potentially, but one, one thing I will say, we were talking about De Bruyne just before, over the last five game weeks, he has averaged over six points a game. Um, and that's that's the last five game weeks is where he has started to actually start each game and play almost 90 minutes. There's only one game where he hasn't played 90 minutes. So, you know, I think just based on that, he's still probably going to be number two, number three at this point in time. But we did point out earlier in the season that you know Nathan was doing pretty well considering he wasn't relying on De Bruyne and now De Bruyne has come back and actually started playing well well we've seen what happened has happened to Nathan's um, league position in that time he's gone from you know fourth third second first so he's you know definitely I think in a pretty good vein of form at this point in time so I wouldn't be putting De Bruyne too far down third ranking at this point in time it's De Bruyne would still have to be top four. So would Salah. But I, I don't think outside those two, I don't think... Going into this season, I had three at the top. I had Fernandez at the time. Um, I had Salah and I had Kane. They're my top three. Not necessarily in that order. I probably would have had Salah first, then Fernandez and Kane. Um, I would say you've now got Salah and then KDB. But I think there's a massive gap from those well, from Salah to second. And then well, TAA, KDB, I think, would be third, I, right? I, he, yeah, he'd have to be. You'd have to be close, yeah. Just have to be. Here's a question for you then, Mick. Could This this could be the bold strategy, Cotton, segment. Let's do no, it. No, TAA is not first no, draft no, pick no, 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 no. Well, who says you're getting first round draft pick for one? But 
Wait, I don't even get a first round draft pick. Let alone not after the... not after what you picked this year. <laughs> to be fair, I, I'm doing. I'm coming fourth without one. So no, my my question was going to be, and we won't make it the segment. But my question was going to be, okay, well, based on what you've just talked about, would you at this point in time would you be going for Kane first, or would you be going for Sterling first? Right now, if I yeah, had the right offer, now. so if I still had Sterling. And we could do a positional swap. If I, I was going to say if, no, no. If if we just if we were starting the season again, like you said before, starting the draft all over. If we were start it right now, and I had seen the last twenty one weeks worth of form, hmm. if I'd seen the last six weeks worth of form, it'd be tight, purely because Sterling has been good. But like you just said, Kane has too. I, I'd probably go Kane, which is interesting. <laughs> They're but both I'll... so hot and cold yeah. that Kane's nailed on 90 minutes yeah. every game. you got to yeah. go Kane. I would go Kane. Okay. And it, it, it'd be a tight call, but... Trust me, I've had both Kane and Sterling. I know. <laughs> you don't want Sterling. He frustrates <laughs> you so much. I mean, I would... Uh, right now, you... For your first round draft pick, you wouldn't have, want to have to make the decision between Sterling and Kane, wouldn't you? Like that—that's not what you want at this point in time, I don't think. No. I was at the point where I spoke to Ben the other day, and I was—I may have mentioned it to him without actually putting it to him, but a straight swap of Ronaldo for Kane. Because, like I said, I've watched a fair bit of Man U. Ronaldo's going to get penalties. He's going to get tap-ins. The, the goal he scored for against Wolves was a good striker goal, purely because it came off the bar and he was the only one that reacted to it. So that's it's a tap-in. And then his assist for McTominay was him trying to run, take it on his left foot, miscontrolling the touch and accidentally pushing it into the path of McTominay. It wasn't an assist. He just got the last touch. So he's not actually playing as well as his points show and I reckon if you take out penalties he's doing nothing so I'm very close to offering that again and being willing to take that like Gilby said though is the run of fixtures that are there you got to hope that uh, Ben doesn't listen to this either because you're really selling Ronaldo at this point in time no, that's a fine he'll get three weeks before this one goes up anyway won't he I say potentially yeah (laughs) that's a deep burn (laughs) so deep (laughs) well boys let's move on let's have a look now we do have a couple of games left this particular game week don't we so um i believe that we've got southampton brentford everton leicester and west ham norwich they're the three that are remaining in the current game week so there could be a few things that a few changes in position that come about due to those three fixtures taking place um, now, Gilby, I don't know if your multi takes into account any of those games at this point in time. No, I figured I would just go solely on the next round. Lovely, lovely. Well, let's look at that round then, shall we? Um, and there are some double... It's a double game week round as well now, isn't it, Mick? Is that what we, we've we just heard that's come it through? It is for eight teams. Eight um, teams. There's eight teams that have a double game so, week. I've got the full fixture list here if you want I'll me to run they, through it, Isaac. Yeah. They have updated it on the official page yeah, as well. So there's Brighton Crystal. Do you want to do it? No, go for it, Dave. Brighton v Palace, City v Chelsea, Burnley v Leicester, Newcastle Watford, 
Norwich, Everton, Wolves, Southampton, Villa versus Man U, Liverpool, Brentford, West Ham, Leeds, Spurs, Arsenal, and then I think we get into the double ups. So we've got Burnley, Watford, Brighton, Chelsea, Leicester, Spurs, and Brentford, Man U. So there's plenty there. Oh, there is. So let's let's pick out a few games, gentlemen. Um, I think the one that I look at that I think, oh, this could be very, very interesting. There's probably two. First one, Man City, Chelsea. Like that's just going to be interesting in terms of the table and the the race um, for the Premier League title. That's going to be a big one. If Chelsea can come away with three points there, uh, that's going to help. Um, bring those top three back closer together. Um, but the one that I look at that I think, oh, there could be some points on offer here would be something like a West Ham Leeds where, you know, West Ham have been playing well, Leeds have been depleted, um, and that could just be a game where West Ham can get on top and their 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 sort of attacking players can run right. So I think that's a, a, a good shout for a game that could potentially bring a lot of points. Uh, Mick, what are you looking at? Where, where are your... Uh, eyes gaze my, point. Maybe it's my multiness that I'm looking <laughs> at it with multi eyes because whenever I do this game week, I, I have to look at it in that sense. But my first thought actually went to Burnley Leicester, which is a bit of a weird one. But Leicester don't have any centre backs. Their two centre backs in their last game were Wilfred Ndidi and Daniel Amati. Both are AFCON players who are now gone. So I don't actually know who their centre-backs are. If Johnny Evans is back, if Soyuncu is back, I'm assuming not. Um, so I don't exactly know who they're going to play there. So a Burnley upset might be on the cards. Um, so multi-wise, I don't know if Gilby wants any ideas. I'd probably rule that one out because it won't happen. Um, but let's go... Game I'm interested in. I mean, Villa menu. We've spoken a lot about Menu this. Uh, I'm sure Gilby will be watching that one pretty keenly with 40% of his team playing in it. More than that, because he's got a few Villa players too. So probably half his team, to be fair. Steve Gerrard against Menu as well. It'll be an interesting side note. And Villa have looked, without setting the world on fire, they've looked pretty good. Um, they just they haven't necessarily had the results yet. So it'd be interesting if they can get... Ings and Watkins on the park at the same time. Um, they're probably in their best frame. Um, Buendia started in behind last game, and I think from what I've heard, he looked quite well and quite good. I haven't seen the game itself. Um, but let's go with that one. Let's go with Villa Manu is the game to watch this week. Yeah, not only Steven Gerrard, but there are, I mean, that game's still 10 days away, and there are very strong rumours that uh, Philip. Coutinho is possibly heading to Villa. So, given that it's 10 days, given that it's 10 days away, it's not um, beyond the realm of possibility that Coutinho could be lining up against Manu as well, which I'm sure Gilby just is stoked about. Hey, if they want to overpay him to come play against us, then that's fine. (laughs) Define overpay in the realm of like in the context in the of, of his you talking about or are we, are we talking in, t- in actual reality 
in the context of you supporting Manchester United, yeah, who I, I think don't a few of their players are overpaying at the moment, underpaid anyone in their history ever. I think we've definitely underpaid a few of our players before, but yeah, Phil Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, well, you're definitely overpaying a few at the moment. I'd say they're Well, yeah. whoever whoever extended Phil Jones's contract for another three years uh, last year, um, that was a stellar decision. So there's a few. Long-term contracts at the moment. I see Maguire's contract. He was your best player best the other day. Could be a masterstroke. So Maguire's contract runs out in like 2025 <laughs> or something ridiculous. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting times. All right. Well, I'm just going to be boring again and go with the Watford game. Um, where away to Newcastle, it's a relegation six-pointer. Newcastle have just signed Kieran Trippier and they've got new owners that will almost certainly be wanting to splash some more cash uh, before that game comes around in 10 days. Uh, We've lost at least half of our team, if not more, to Cup of Nations. I mean, slight exaggeration, but um, yeah, I think we're... uh, I mean... Watford and Newcastle have both been absolutely terrible. Um, but I think, yeah, we're probably not going to come out of that game looking very good. Ranieri out. Ranieri out, yep. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> very good. Gilby, what have you got for us? Have you, you've, you've been able to conjure up a, a magic multi to of all magic multis? Yeah, no, well, I figured I'd put one in on behalf of the people. Um, so I've gone for a perfect round for all of us i've said that palace watford man united and yes even west brom will all win their next match so if that happens that's going to win us 58 dollars and 17 cents so I think I just of, told you Watford aren't going to win though. Yeah, I know. I just told you that. <laughs> Still, uh, well, uh, of all of those, the least likely to happen is actually Palace winning against Brighton. So that's according to the odds. Palace winning is three dollars ninety. Then Watford at three forty. West Brom at two dollars twenty-five uh, at away to QPR, and then Man United um, away to Villa at dollar ninety-five. <clears throat> So putting that together, we've got $58 for all four of us to get a winning start to our weekend. Lovely. I will say with the Crystal Palace game that we do have a fair few players out. So, And usually I'd be a bit concerned by that, but I'm actually really keen to see some of the, the kids play, um, especially Eze and uh, Olise. With the, both of those playing together would be amazing. I don't know whether they'll do it or not. Um but yeah, uh, Vieira's had them going really well. So I want to see the, I want to see some of the kids get on the well, park and, and make a bit of a difference. With Palace, I did have a look at the stats so that I missed earlier on. But um, the stats, it's a with Michael Lise. He's got a share of the set pieces and his best minutes per chance created of any Palace player so far this season. So the other one that might be a sneaky one to maybe appear in somebody's team. Uh, the last time Kiate was out, Milivojevic was the one to come in. And as we all know, he generally takes the penalties. So that could be a sneaky one if you really wanted to take a punt on Palace getting some pens. But, yeah, I mean, Michael Lise could definitely um, benefit there. Well, we haven't got Zahar to, like, fall over and clutch his knee and then get up and try and um, throw someone by the hair onto the ground 
and and maybe get a penalty. So I, I don't know who, where the penalty's coming from, unfortunately, Gilby, at this point in time. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, <laughs> you can't really convince anyone that if it's Benteke going down, it has to be something a bit more substantial. So, I mean, if mm. Benteke goes down, you'd have to be more likely to maybe give it. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, look, I think... I look at the double game week as well. I look at those last four fixtures. Um, and maybe apart from maybe Chelsea-Brighton, but Brighton have been playing well. I don't really know where where the, where the players in the wave are, if there's any really good options, if I, if I look at those. So that'll be an interesting one to see what waiver action happens and if people are going to try and pick up some of those players from Burnley, Watford, Brighton, Chelsea, Leicester, Brentford, Manu and Spurs. I, there's no big names or even teams there that really jump out at me that could really capitalise. I don't think Brentford's going to interest many people given the fact their double game week is Liverpool and Man U. Pretty rubbish, isn't it? I mean, Man U's all right. Man U. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, well uh, they they'll be up for that game. It's at home. They'll be they'll be fine. That'll that'll be a good one. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just it'll be interesting to see if, if many players are brought in for that double game week in particular. Well, I did see an interesting um, one for you, Dave. Was that um you've managed to keep hold of Emmanuel Dennis um because yeah. they said um apparently Nigeria did not officially request him. Uh, before the deadline and then when they requested him Watford had the option of uh, choosing not to let him go which they did so uh, that's why Nigeria then put out the statement saying that Watford are showing their teeth and bearing their fangs I think was the exact words that Nigerian Football Federation used so you've managed to keep hold of Dennis yeah we mentioned it earlier Um, there was him and Saar were both uh, in respective back and forths with um, their national team and Watford and yeah, I uh, just having a look now. Yes, it seems that you're right. It does look like Watford have managed to hold on to Dennis, which Dan will be happy with, I guess. There we go. Uh, I'm he he has a crystal ball, doesn't he? He's done he's done that a few yeah. times. He's been able to hold on to some players who have gone on uh, to to do quite well. So. Yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see what happens that double game week. But there's a bit of time between now and then. So um, we've got a few more games this game week to go. Let's see if there's any big changes in the um, in the league. And I think, guys, as well, given that we're in January, given that there could be some players coming in, players going out, um, this time next week, potentially, there could be some other players to talk about to, to see whether or not... It'll be interesting to see whether how active some teams are at this point in time, given... I'm not sure you know, if you the... already talked about this one, but it's worse news for Dinier. I think Dan brought him in. But Everton just signed a left-back that I've had in a couple of my FM teams, Vitaly Mikolenko. So, worse news for Dinier. Not if he goes to Chelsea, though. <laughs> Have Dan's to got a crystal see. ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's brought him in, so you just never know. What are we doing about our mid-season draft? Are we going to make a decision? Are we going to do it or not do it? Or no one's got any idea? Well, I was saying before that I think it, it, just given how the mid-season draft has to go and how you have to get rid of players and pick them up 
I just think it's going to be far too messy, personally. In terms, I just don't want to look. It potentially people could lose plays for a week or something like that, and I just don't know how that would work. I've when we voted on it, I voted no. I didn't feel like we needed it potentially. That's just my thoughts. I can't even remember what I voted, but yeah, I know we did have a vote and it was very it, close. It but was I... split four four, I think. Um, the the only week that we could potentially do it would be between game week twenty three and twenty four because that's when there's an international break, I think. Um, if not an international break, it's a FA Cup week. Um, because like Isaac said, you, we need to have well more than 48 hours between the end of one round and the start of the next, which unfortunately at the moment we can't have. So I think the ideal scenario would have been between week 19 and 20 or game week 19 and 20, which I think was Christmas or Boxing Day or Christmas Day or something like that, which was never going to happen. Um, so yeah, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do. I don't know if we're going to have the time to do it because, like I said, we just might end up in a scenario where players get locked out and we don't feel that proper team, I'd say, is most likely going to happen. And I also don't want to give Gilby the chance to drop all his Man U players. Yeah, well, you know, they'll still be available in the waivers, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it looks that way. It looks that way. So, I mean, that, that's my thoughts, boys. I, I don't think... We need at this point in time, and there's going to be a few players come into the league that people could pick up through the waiver wire, free agency, or whatnot. So, um, yeah, that, I, I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts, Gilby? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a tough one because I doubt we'll get the time to do it with all the rescheduling. Um, I think I uh, I don't like it because we went into this with one rule and changing it halfway through um, after we've gone through this on the assumption that this would happen at a certain time. Uh, I don't like that, but I don't think we have another choice, unfortunately. Mm, it has been tough with, with all the rescheduling because it could just continue to be reschedule after reschedule. And so the time frame just diminishes even further. But I think it means we can just do what we did to Liverpool's title last year. Just put a massive asterisk next to whoever wins. It's not a real title because it wasn't agreed upon and there was changes mid-season. So, and if I win, you can hold me to that. Sweet, let's all tank. Let's do it. (laughs) I'm I'm going to drop Mane straight away. I'll still take a jersey, it's fine. Uh, Asterisk doesn't mean jersey. Surely. Only if printed on the back, you write asterisk <laughs> with the number asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> Seems fair. <laughs> but it has to be, it also has to be a cheap knockoff one from Vietnam. Sure. Absolutely. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> Very good. Well, we'll keep discussing that, boys. But uh, thanks to all of you for being with us this week. Much appreciated, gentlemen. And um, we'll have to wait and see what happens over the next few weeks. Um, there'll be lots of things happen, I'm sure, with regards to the league and lots of players in and out uh, of the Premier League too. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, so, boys, thank you very much. Have a good week, and we will catch up again next week. Enjoy, guys. See ya.